The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. Boy, we're into the holiday season, and you can certainly feel it. You can certainly feel the holidays coming around as you drive through the streets. We're seeing a lot of lights up in uh, the, the streets around our neighborhood and uh, it's time for me to do a little reflection. So it's been a crazy couple of weeks. I've taken a couple of weeks off the show. Uh, we uh, did do a replay because of CA World. We were going to try to do the show live from Las Vegas at CA World. Uh, and then just logistically couldn't work that out. Uh, lost my voice uh, from, from the night before at CA World. And then couldn't find a location to do the show from. So I apologize for doing two replays in a row. But we're back. We're live. And we're going to do that. We're going to reflect on what happened uh, at CA World. Uh, some of the things that we learned. And also kind of transition that to a little bit of our journey through uh, Agile. Really what I see going on um, in the industry you know, so for a lot of you that have been listening with us a long time, uh, you know that I've been a project manager for 20 plus years, and it's just a crazy time, I think, uh, to be a project manager. There's a lot of transition going on in the marketplace. I see a lot of project managers out there that are very afraid of this transition. I think, you know, one of my favorite quotes that I do when I'm when I'm speaking at seminars is that everybody loves change unless it's happening to them. And, and I say project managers love to institute change unless that change is instituted to them. And it, it's a crazy time uh, in, in software industry. And, and I think it was a culmination uh, at, at the CA world. So for those of you that know Computer Associates at CA, uh, they just had their annual user conference in Las Vegas, not this, this week, but the prior week. And uh, so we were out there uh, uh, for that, or two weeks ago, right before uh, Thanksgiving. Um, and so, of course, we had the Thanksgiving holidays. Uh, this week, we were in New York City with a client. And I've never felt momentum in the software industry like, I, like I'm feeling right now. And not just, not just product-wise in software in general, but just the, the industry itself. So about three or four years ago, as you started to look at, at software at, at, as a service and you looked at software development and, and everything that was going on, and a lot of these companies started to look at agile and agile transformations, you started to see that that shift. And I mean, I, in fact, if you if you step it all the way back, right? back back in the day, you know, software took forever. I mean, it just absolutely took forever to make. It took forever to generate. And so you had, project managers, and you had what we call traditional waterfall projects. And that is where you designed something, and then you built it, and then you tested it, and then uh, there was QA around that, and then you implemented it. And by the time you actually got the product in which you you paid for, 
it, it could be a year, it could be you know two years, it could be just an immense amount of time. And what was interesting about that that time of, of software delivery is that by the time you finally got the product, it either didn't make, meet expectations. But really what was happening is that business had changed or you forgot what you had ordered or you know, things were just different or it just didn't work the way you wanted to. And now you've wasted a whole year or 18 months waiting for this product. And then when you finally got it, it, it had under-delivered. And when you look at the statistics of project failure and you see that you know between 40 to 80% of projects fail. That's really what it's talking about. It was it was failing to deliver the value and was failing to deliver on the expectations that a lot of customers wanted. And, and that's what you hear throughout the industry. And so project management bears a lot of the blame for that. Not, not rightfully so, but because the project manager is responsible for the project, they were feeling a lot of that heat. And so... Several people got together and they, they built this Agile manifesto and, and you started to see this Agile world start to come around and, and these new development methodologies started to, to, to come together about rapid implementation. Now, what's interesting when you start to look at Agile and, and this whole journey through Agile is that there's literally 17 or 18 different methodologies. So when people say, oh, we're Agile… It doesn't really mean anything because there's so many different methodologies. And, and not only that, when you, most companies don't really follow one methodology. They kind of take a look at these 17 or 18 accepted methodologies and they pick pieces out here and pick pieces out there and kind of cobble together their own little methodology. So it's still really young. And what, what's happening, though, is with the birth of that methodology and people really starting to look at things, it's this concept of value and, and really valuing not only the, the people in, in, in the delivery, but, but really looking at things in terms of value that's accelerating the concept of delivery. And so when you look at a company as large as CA, who's really at the hub, you started to hear this things, you know, even three and four years ago of looking at continuous delivery and look at, at, at service virtualization and, and looking at some of these terms. And three and four years ago when they were saying it, people were like, uh-huh, yep, yeah, okay, I get it. But but they didn't because I don't think things were ready. And boy, this year in Las Vegas, you could just feel the momentum. I mean, I mean, it was literally like something you could grasp in the air and seeing all of these different things like start starting to be really ready to be cobbled together and really starting to move in a direction. So like development groups, I think really agile teams and, and development teams have been ready to do this for a while, but the project management industry has been resistant. But even furthermore, I think really accounting teams and, and the financial teams and how you rationalize and pay for a lot of this stuff, they've been very resistant to this change. And even executives and how do you, you know, how do you fund these operations and how do you strategize these operations and all these different things? They're kind of the slowest to turn the boat. And so, you know, even though some of these groups have been trying to be fast and agile and really go, um, you know, I heard a great term at CA World called agile theater. So while your development teams may be really quick and operative, if your testing teams and your QA teams and and your 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 delivery teams to get it out to production, if they're not as quick as the, the people writing the code, then you're not really agile. Or if you're not really 
ready to accept the business value on the the end user side or people are are not really ready to fund things in an agile type methodology um then you're really doing agile theater you're you're partly agile but you're really not in a, an adoptive agile organization and so as this momentum is starting to swing you're starting to see you know that some of these project management groups and some of these traditional organizations finance project management the executive suite you're starting to see them get scared uh, of what this means or, or fearful of the change. And as I said, here at this CA world, when you're starting to see kind of all of the demos of all these products starting to tie together and in the synergy of everything coming together, IT becoming that true synergistic organization that, you, that, that we've all really hoped for for years, boy, that momentum is really starting to swing. So CA World was an incredible time. We're going to talk a little bit more about that on today's show. We, we had a great time. I had a few customers out there with us. And I, I normally don't call customers by name, but we had we had some special customers with us uh, on this trip. We had the general out there with us um, and uh, just some great people. We had GEHA, uh, Government Employee Health Association, out there with us. And just, you know, it was a, it was a great time to, to see, you know, how transformative some of these technologies are going to be for some of these organizations. Um, we had uh, uh, some new partners with us. Uh, and so what's interesting for CA World for for me personally, my company is is I have customers of mine that are there with the show, or, or you know, to to see the products and, and to learn and grow as a customer. But for me, I'm a customer to CA as well because we're partners and we want to see how you know they're they're going to align to us. As an organization, how you know my business can grow and how I can grow my company, um, and so we we had uh, you know a great time in in learning with that. Uh, we we made uh, new alliances with other partners. So we met you know Contact X, uh, which is a, a new German alliance partner of ours, and of course there's Windmill, which has been a long time uh, uh, group that has supported the same platforms that we've supported. You know, all throughout the nation, and it was interesting, as, as long as they've been in business and as long as we've been in business, we've never really stepped on each other's toes or, or hurt each other's business or anything like that. So a, a beautifully new uh, alliance was, was beginning to form there, and there'll be some more details on that coming out. And, of course, our great friend Paul Samuel was out there as well, uh, and always loved to see Paul. And, and um, we always have to give a shout-out uh, to to, to one, of our, one of our favorite people at CA and Matt Sandberg, who really took care of us uh, when we were out there in, in Las Vegas. And, you know, speaking of Matt, we got invited to a, a beautiful partner advisory board uh, where uh, we've got some very private attention from, uh, you know, Kurt Steinle and Steve Demchek, who are really responsible. Uh, Kurt is responsible for the CA uh, project portfolio management solution, you know, formerly Clarity, now dubbed as CAPPM. You have Steve Demchek, which is you know the owner of the Rally product now now titled as CA Agile Central, and and Ryan Polk, who's you know over over the two of them, um, as they you know started to put their roadmap out together, had had brought together what they call a partner advisory board, which was a, a invitation only event. We were blessed to uh, to be one of the partners that that were invited to this board. And really get to see the roadmap of where these products are going, and so when you start to talk about the momentum and, and see the vision of of how project management in the agile worlds are really coming together, 
and, and are supportive of each other. It's not one or the other. You've heard uh, when we brought John Stenbeck on the show, who's, who's one of the leading agile uh, thought leaders out there, um, you've heard he and I play with each other where, where I said, you know, we've had organizations come to us and say, well, we're agile now, so we don't need project management, right? That That's just a thought that's not even out there. And it was great to hear at the show, you know, Kurt Steinle stand up and say, you know, when when CA originally uh, acquired Rally, which is now CA Agile Central, that the Rally group, you know, it was a little bit of a contentious relationship in the beginning. And Rally came in and said, you know, we're just going to crush CA PPM. Uh, you guys are going to be irrelevant in the marketplace. And, but, and now a year later, the synergy of those two working together and recognizing, oh, no, 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 you guys do that very well and we do this very well. And the synergy of the two of us working together is an absolute must in the marketplace. Again, seeing that momentum really start to swing is very, very interesting. So we were very blessed and honored to be part of that partner advisory board and look forward to working with this organization uh, as we continue to kind of frame the future of uh, what's going to be a very, very exciting time. So if you hang with us on the program, we're going to be talking um, really kind of a little bit of that evolution of a new way of, of setting your strategy, uh, your, your strategic plan, how these things work together. How does how does agile and project management? What's that new world look like? What how how do these people really play together? And really, when you're looking at it from a strategic perspective, um, what are some of those things that we picked up at CA World? What's some of this new technology that, that that's coming out that that really can can adopt a new organization and really start to advance uh, where you're going in the marketplace? So we'll talk a little bit about that and. Uh, of course, we'll welcome any kind of uh, phone calls that you guys want to come in, any questions that you have about what we heard. And uh, we'll be talking about a little bit my personal journey, too, of, of evolution in my own thinking. Because I think it's really important to understand that even a year ago, a year and a half ago, I was very resistant as well to, you know, I was always adoptive to Agile, but I was still very resistant to some of these concepts that we're very open to and now trying to even be some of the thought leaders in, in pushing some of these new ways of thinking. And we're going to discuss all of that really in the next 45 minutes. So hang with us on the show. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, 
Build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance, freshly off our trip to New York City. So we had a great time in New York City this past week. We'll be headed out to South Carolina next week. Uh, visiting customers and clients out there. But any of our listeners in South Carolina, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to talk to you uh, as we'll be in South Carolina next week. And then finally, I think spending a few days here in lovely Alabama as the weather has been gorgeous as always. Uh, So we're talking about uh, Agile. We're talking about the project world and really kind of this transformation. And, you know, Agile is still, you know, relatively new, but a lot of the concepts aren't new, right? Agile thinking uh, and, and agile development isn't a new concept, even though conceptually is an adoptive strategy for an organization. It's still very new. And a lot of people are, are looking towards it. And I think the key to really think about it is, as you're looking through it is is to think about it in terms of, of one key statement, which is value and delivering value. So let's let's take this back now to strategic planning and, and why PPM and agile are so important together. And it's really, when, when you're looking at your strategic plan, first of all, you've got to figure out how these two worlds really kind of hook up and sync up. And so it was, it was great to hear even Kurt and Steve start to discuss this with each other because what, what they're looking at with each other in this scenario, you know, Kurt comes from the longtime CA PPM world. And what he's talking about you know, from that perspective is these long-term projects, you know, he has two major releases that generally he does a year um, and, and maybe a couple of minor releases. And, and when you look at Rally, they can continuously push uh, new production code daily. So a very agile world, very, you know, they, they can decide whatever they want to do from a value perspective on a daily basis, right? So two totally different worlds. So how do you fund that? And, and not only that, but when you start looking at it, that's not really projects, right? Projects, you don't think in consumable bits of, of daily activity. And so when you're looking at an agile world, you're thinking, you know, feature and functionality projects is really thinking about more of a funding activity. And so you're trying to tie these different worlds together. And when people start to do that, even looking at products and trying to pull that together, everybody starts to get wrapped around the terminology. 
And so, so the first thing you want to do is to pull that terminology back and just say, now, wait a minute, let's, let's not worry about terms yet. Let's not worry about where we're connecting the dots. It's first, you know, what are you funding? Where are you funding? What are you funding? And Kurt Steinle says this best. He's like, what are you, what are you funding? Right. And people say, well, we're funding teams. We're fun-. He says, no, you're not. You're funding something. You're funding you know, an outcome essentially, right? That's you're you're trying to fund something. You you don't write the check essentially for the team. You write the check for for a thought of you know I want X. This this is this is what you're going to fund, and that becomes the project. That becomes kind of the bucket in which you're funding as your initiative. And so whether you call it a project, whether you call it an initiative, whatever you want to call it, that's what we're going to fund. And then over on the other side, from your agile perspective, what's that that minimum feature, that that marketable feature that that you're going to look to report on? And so when when you start to look at agile, they like to break that up into little, little bits. Well, you know, again, the way Kurt Steinle puts it, he goes, look, when I'm going to buy a car, I want the car. You know, he, he doesn't really care that there's an engine and drivetrain and, and seats and all that other stuff. Sure, they're important, and that's what the Agile people are breaking down and figuring out. And all that stuff put together makes the car. But at the end of the day, what do we need to report on in terms of value is the car. That's what we're going to report on. So that is the level that comes back, and now we're starting to talk to the same language. Once you start to establish those things, now that we have the terminology right, that everything else starts to fall in line. So the agile world can take the car and they can break it into the drivetrain and the seats and all the things that they need to do to build that car and start to estimate that and do all that. The project world, from a strategic you know, perspective and a funding perspective and a reporting perspective, they now know that they've got their fleet of cars that they're going to be looking at and, and they know at what reporting level things are going to be coming back. But now the organization is humming and, and, and we get it from there. So the next piece, and this has been the biggest, I will tell you, one of the biggest evolutions in terms of the way that I think. So if you would have asked me 15 months ago, or even uh, as, as many as, as 12 to 14 weeks ago, how do you rationalize cost to an organization? I would, I would stand in front of you, whether it's in a seminar, whether it, in a consulting engagement, what have you. And say, if, if you're not ready to do time sheeting, if you're, if you're not ready to track time, even, you know, I'll, I'll do it to a project level, but if you, if you want true reporting, real capitalizable, honest reporting of what's happening at your organization at an accountability level, you got to do time to task. You, you just have to. Now, that was me even four months ago. That, that's exactly what I would have said. And I still believe in that in many respects to a point. However, that is against if, – if I have any Agile listeners, please hang on. Don't turn off the radio yet. Don't turn it off because all of my Agile people or all my Agile followers just, just about either threw up on themselves or turned the radio off at that statement because that is everything that, – that is against every Agile principle out there. But even even at CA World, even at CA World, they had a slide up there that says time is still the accounting standard. And and when I said early in the program that finance is still very resistant to change, that is the biggest component yet to agile adoption. 
is you have many accounting departments out there, many people out there that's saying, well, if you're going to go agile, we can't do capitalization. And for those of you that aren't following the conversation, you can capitalize software development and creations of new product, which allows you to basically amortize costs over a certain amount of time that helps you essentially save some money on your bottom line. So it's a big advantage to be able to capitalize software costs. But there's many people that feel that if you adopt Agile, you lose the ability to capitalize software and you lose the the transparency that's necessary to do that unless you track time by the hour because then there's no way that you get the transparency back. Well, we're here to tell you. We're here to tell you that we feel that that's not true, that you can create a process, create a way, create a, a way to do story point capitalization. It can be done. Not only can it be done, it can be defensible, it can be auditable. And it just takes an agreement on either side. And what's so funny about that is the agreement is on both sides, and it's the carrot and the stick type of option. So Agile, while it's Agile and while it's free, does have to follow a couple of rules. There has to be some standardization and normalization on their side around their story pointing in order for this to work. But then that is the carrot side. Hey, you get to do it by story points and you don't have to fill out timesheets. The stick is you don't want to do that. We're going to timesheets, right? So there is a carrot and stick option there. And then with finance, you can build a set of rules that's defensible and auditable and that you can do Story point capitalization. And, and gang, this is bleeding edge. This is this is way out front here. But it can be done in such a way that you can still get very, very, very tight financial metrics around CapEx and OpEx and around how you see your entire portfolio strategically and still be able to see what's going on and be able to go to, to product level costing, to be able to go across your entire enterprise, capture all of the the people that are outside the Agile, and even sweep their time because they're not going to be capitalizable. You can sweep their time without making them fill out timesheets and attribute their costs because they're OPEX costs without doing timesheeting and be in a very adoptive Agile mode without having to sit down and do timesheets. So my own personal evolution Right is becoming into this agile thinking and being a lot more open-minded because it used to be, no, 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 no. No, you have to do time, 100% have to do time sheeting. It's the only way to go. That's the only way we're going to capture. It's the only way you're going to get accountability. But this is a new world. And the new world, especially as we're starting to look at a lot of the new generational gaps that we have and a lot of the new ways of thinking, we have to be adaptive in these models but still get very, very tight reporting. And so as we're starting to see these products come together and the integration points and the amount of detail that we can get in a rally and be able to pull that level of information into a CAPPM to allow us to do agile point you know, capitalization to a point that we can survive an audit, yet still get very, very tight metrics this world is really starting to gain some momentum, really starting to gain some momentum on that kind of stuff. So that, that is p- some of my personal evolution, right? So even things that I said as, as you know, six months ago, standing in front of a large PMI group, defending my position that time is the only way to go, I'm, I'm telling you I was wrong. 
I'm telling you that that, that was an incorrect statement, that there are ways and we're more open in, in opportunities um, coming from that piece. So lots more to come. We're going to discuss what we're seeing in the development world now. So that's just on that strategy side. What are we seeing now in the development world and in the things that are? I was just absolutely blown away. So if you run uh, a development group and if you're seeing or, or even in charge of, of IT and, and operations, some of the things that we're seeing coming out of this, the, this uh, session was just unbelievable. We'll talk about that right after this break. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's one 1-866- You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the work-life balance. I'd like to thank everyone for 
for listening. And, and we're coming up right uh, right now on the one-year anniversary of, of us doing the show. And so before we, we kick back into this show here, I'd like to just, again, say the thanks to everybody that's made this show a reality. And the cool thing about doing a show like this is, you know, nobody knew up about us, about our squared really in, in a lot of the stuff that we wanted to promote. And so now that we've been doing this show for a year, you know, everybody's coming out of the woodwork and in different networks and in different producers and that kind of stuff saying, hey, you know, we can take your show and do this stuff. Uh, and, and so our question to them was, you know, where were you back then uh, when when this when this cat named Winston Price was coming after us? And so uh, uh, so to all those people that are, are trying to come and, and, and find this show now, we just refer you to Winston Price and say, hey. Uh, check this cat out because uh, we ain't leaving, leaving Winston. We ain't leaving this network, and, and we love and, and are blessed to be a part of the Voice American Business Network uh, and all the people here and, and love what they do for us, uh, for this show. Uh, we're thankful to CA for, for being our sponsors, uh, thankful for, for Winston, what he does for us, and, and appreciative of the opportunity to speak to you guys uh, live each Friday and then, of course, uh, on demand anytime, anywhere on uh, voiceamerica.com or at rickamorris.com. So coming back to, to the topic at hand here, you know, we were just talking about this evolution of agile and project management, some of these new tools, uh, and really where we, we really got blown away uh, this year at, at this event uh, in speaking at CA World in, in Las Vegas two weeks ago uh, was this DevOps space. And when you start to look at 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 the evolution of tools to help developers do their job. Um, there's a YouTube video, and I'll put it out on my Twitter here at the next break, uh, that just shows a, a demonstration of the the complete automation of promotion of development code to uh, production. And it's basically several different tools working together. But for people that have been in the business as long as I have, can remember the days of when it was time to to write. So so I'll just walk you through a few of these steps, right? So when when you decided to have code or software or whatever, the first thing you, you really sit down and, and do is start to to write out your test cases, your use cases. And so think about a web form. So web form, I you know I want to have something like a shopping cart. So think Amazon, you know, dot com. I come to a web page, I see something I like, I want to put that into my shopping cart. And so think about all the options in the shopping cart. So you've got, you know, am I a new user? Am I an existing user? Um, you know, what size do I want? What color do I want? What kind of gift wrap options do I want? Um, do I want, you know, overnighting options? Do I, do I want to wait a few days for it? All those different things, right? Those are all things that we have to code into a web page. And so when you're writing use cases and test cases for that, then you have to think not only of what we call our happy path, which is you know the very simple, everything works perfect, but then you have to think about all the different uh, paths a user can go down, and and test those. So, you know, well, I don't want a gift wrap, or I do want a gift wrap, right? So that's now two paths. Um, I want a gift wrap and I want it overnighted. That's another path. I want a uh, gift wrap and I want it three days. That's another path. And so if you think about that, we used to have to sit in a room. And you have very qualified people who think about all those different paths. And then you have to have somebody who goes and tests all those different paths. And then you have to report results. And then if anything went wrong in those paths, then you would turn around and report that back to a developer. And a developer would have to fix it. And then you have to retest it. So one, 
you have to think about all the paths that you want to test. Two, you have to test all the paths. Three, you have to report the results, and then you have to retest. It's a very time-consuming process, and one that organizations don't normally want to spend a whole lot of time and money on because they want to promote the code. But of course, if you shortchange that process, then you could have very dissatisfied customers because if you're trying to buy something and you can't put it into your shopping cart, then you're going to leave the site, you're going to go buy it somewhere else, and that's lost revenue. So that has always been an issue for customers or, or, or for companies, because how much money and time do you spend on testing your software versus putting it into production? So that's one thing. Number two, when you're making all those tests, you have to have data to test against. So like if I'm trying to create a customer, you have to think about a customer name and an address and a zip code and a phone number. And in in the old days, you, you kind of had, you know, Jane Doe. Any you know one two three any street in St. Louis, Missouri, and, and and so trying to come up with all that data to test with, but when you create a new user, you've kind of already used that test data, so it's now invalid test data to test a new user creation process. So you have to keep making up data, which is a horrible process. And so the third thing is is how do you know you've tested all the paths with all the right data? So fast forward, there was these products that, that we looked at at CA that automated both of those things. So what you did is when the person was coming up with the, the uh, use case they wanted to test, they were drawing it visually like a flow chart on a screen. And they're like, okay, here's the test case that I want to do. And it attached directly to the developer's code. And the one thing they could do is say, go generate test data. And it would go randomly generate test data that was all valid, but it was all random for this scenario. So it would go get a first name, a last name, and it was not only uh, random, but it was valid. So it was a male's name for a male ticket, a female's name for a female ticket. It was age appropriate. It was, all, it was really, really incredible. And so now it had all this set of test data. And then it would analyze through the flow chart, how many potential paths that you would have in the test case. Like we used to have to sit there and do manually, it would say, okay, based on this flow chart, there's 174 potential paths that you would test. But furthermore, it would say, however, if you tested these 17 paths, you would have tested every potential option, even though there's all these different paths. So do you want to do maximum coverage, minimum coverage, just the outside edge coverage? The ins- really, really incredible software. I've never seen anything like it, right? And so then you say, go execute. It would execute all the tests, report the results automatically, and then send the results back to the developer in, in just a matter of seconds. We're talking about things I used to watch take days it's weeks, right? And sometimes months, depending on on the the type of technology we were trying to do, literally took seconds. I, I was blown away by not only how easy it was to use, but how cool it was, right? I mean, that was just cool software. And so now you can just start, you know, reusing these scripts, reutilizing the stuff. So sure, there's some setup time to build the flow, but you're doing that anyway. It was the adaptability of the backside of that that was just unbelievable. And so then they uh, attach that to what they call their service virtualization. So basically spin up a website, 
generate all the test data, run it through all their test scripts, and then report the results back to the developer. So it was kind of a one-time setup and then reuse. So if you're thinking of something like an Amazon shopping cart, you know how often do they update that code and want to retest that code? Once you've kind of set up your paths and done your thing to, to continually to adapt and run an agile organization, that is an amazing piece of software. And, and all these different tools were kind of connecting to each other. And I was watching a momentum of an organization. So I'm walking around with a couple of clients, and we're kind of going station to station. And I'm like, are, are you watching what I'm watching? And, I mean, you could just see their eyes light up at, at the ease of it. And what was so cool is you could kind of like pick each one of these little things and start to bring it into the enterprise kind of piecemeal. It's not something that you just like buy this whole big product. It was like, well, let's do the test data generation first, and let's get that working in our enterprise. And then we can do the script generation and attach that. And so really, we started sitting down with our clients and kind of building this 24 to 36 month roadmap of how to roll in this whole kind of automation piece so their change could be slow and, and, and purposeful but really start to, to look at how this enterprise is going to grow and really become adapted um, over the next couple of years. So, I mean, if you don't think we're, we're sitting on a technology explosion right now and, and just on the precipice of just amazing, cool stuff, I mean, the cycle of, of when new products used to come out and how technology used to, to roll out um, used to be, you know, months and, 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 uh, you know, years for that matter. And so the 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 whole platform now that CA is running is reducing the time. I mean, their their whole kind of new platform is to reduce the time from ideas to outcomes, right? And that whole flow of reducing the time between ideas and outcomes. So everything that you have to do from when you have that thought to when you have that value in your hand everything that they're putting together and everything that they're working on is reducing that time to to get that in your hand. And so when you feel that momentum, that that's what was different for me than any other conference I've been at. Every other conference I've been at, you hear new ideas, you hear new strategies, you you hear new things. What I haven't felt is is the accelerator push um, in momentum for a business where where you could walk in and say, wow, for the first time, we literally can come up with a whole new platform and a whole new way of doing business and can rationalize and see that value come through us in three months versus it being a three-year plan, a five-year plan, a seven-year plan like so many organizations have to do. Um, and I, it, it's transformative. It really is when you finally start to understand how all these different things work together and and. You know, four years ago is the first time I heard uh, anybody really say it, where they say every company now is a software company, and if you're not a software company, you're not you're not going to be around. This is the first time I really saw that come to fruition, where if if you're not adapting, you're not moving, you're not really on that technology cycle and, and utilizing these tools, it, it's not fair to say you're not going to be around. But literally, somebody can enter your market, adapt your market, and disrupt your market within six months, and you won't even see it coming. That's the part that they're talking about. The Ubers of the world and, and you know the, the people that – you know, the largest 
the, the largest transportation company right now is an Uber, and they don't own a single car, right? The largest uh, hotel chain right now out there, uh, or, or as far as what they're doing from a, from a marketing perspective, right, it, it, where, where you can make reservations stuff doesn't own a single asset in, in terms of owning the property, right? This is what we talk about digital disruption, and, and when we're seeing it and how quick it can become that, that some somebody can have a great idea and in four months have that platform out to market and disrupting the entire economy of how it's, how this business operates, whatever business that may be. Uh, it's just an incredible time to see things going. And, and quite frankly, we're excited to be around it and involved with it. Um, so... Right now, uh, you know, go out and, and check out some of these products that we're talking about. You can go to www.ca.com. Um, you can you can hit our page at, at rsquareconsulting.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Rick A. Morris. Be happy to to, to show you the uh, video. And as a matter of fact, on break, I'm going to go post the YouTube video uh, that we were talking about that has this demonstration of all these uh, software uh, delivery products that we were just talking about. And then we're going to go ahead and take a short break. We'll be back to wrap up the show. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the work-life balance. And we're back. So we've been discussing uh, CA World, uh, our our role out there, and uh, just some of the new products that are coming up. So finally, just to kind of wrap this this whole segment up, uh, we saw a lot of the previews of 15.2 and 15.3 of CAPPM, or at least the roadmaps uh, of what's coming with that, and and really just again revolutionary in in what we're what we're seeing. Um, you know, the software market is changing so rapidly, and in but the PPM world is still the PPM world. Um, and so we are technology agnostic as an organization, our Square Consulting. And so we've been watching kind of the product landscape and, and what all of the major products are trying to do. And so you see uh, everybody kind of trying to dump a lot of the old architecture and come up with new products and new ideas. Um, and the one thing about CAPPM is it's always had a solid foundation, solid architecture. And, and with that, you know, they've been a little bit slow to change the user interface. So with the advent of 15.1, uh, they came up with a new UI. And uh, while we were very excited to see that, a lot of people felt that the new UI kind of under-delivered just from a 15.1 perspective. And what we like to say um, in that perspective is is 15.1 really, uh, for us, is we explain it this way. We, we, we bought, you know, our dream house. And we, we know what the plans are. We know what the architecture is. Um, and we're driving by it every day. We see that the frame of the house is built. Uh, we can see where the walls go. We can see where the windows are. And we already know, you know, all the fixtures that we've purchased. Uh, and they're they're on the trucks and they're being delivered. That's kind of the way that we're looking at it. So 15.1 was engineered for, for a couple of very specific personas that, that really hits about 65 to 70% of the market. Um, for those that are so used to CAPPM uh, and the adaptability and configurability, sure, the, the new UI doesn't doesn't meet those needs. But for the 65 70%, certainly the new entry into the market, uh, the new UI is exactly what they were asking for. Um, but 15.2, you know, as it starts to address some of the resource management perspectives and, and some of the other things um, that, that are coming, we're very, very excited to see uh, where that's going. And certainly then the completion and round out uh, that's coming in 15.3. So 2017 is going to be a fantastic year for the product. Um, but still, you know, you've got the foundation of CAPPM, which which to us still is the best on the market uh, and can't really beat the adaptability of what the software really brings, especially with the integrations to a lot of the agile packages that are out there. Um, so when it comes to how it's configured, how it's rolled out, how it looks, uh, CAPPM is still, is still tops in the market. And again, we're always open for debate. We're always open uh, to discuss why we feel that way and and where we feel the other products are in the market. Um, so not trying to do it just from an advertising sp- perspective, but there's a lot of different reasons uh, in which we feel that's that's the case. Uh, but um, you know, it's it, th- this is always kind of a an interesting time, right? At the end of the year, people are starting to really. You know, finalize their FY17 plans and already starting to look at that new event horizon. What's interesting, though, is I think that people at this point, as they're wrapping up their FY17 um, planning and getting into uh, the execution of the FY17 plan, I think this is one of the key times as an organization needs to take a step back and go, 
What did you really like about that process? What didn't you like about the process? What killed you? Like what, what information did you wish that you had at your fingertips? What was the hardest part about making the decisions around project selection? I mean, right now, I think the wounds are fresh and, and it's the time to really discuss PPM because this was where you were having to make the hard decisions. And again, how did you select your projects? Was it based on you know, what you could spend or what you could achievably do? And how did you know you could achievably accomplish what you just selected to, to go after in FY17? And coming back to how we started the show, what did you choose to fund? Was it based on budgets? Was it based on, on value? And, and that's what we're seeing in the evolution of this process of IT. IT used to be, you know, in, in the 60s and 70s, it was the, the dark ages of, of IT. They were, they were just kind of this the dark room, and you, and you got what it was. And in the 80s, it became, you know, very collaborative, but the user was in control. In, in the 90s, they became a cost center. Um, even in 2000s, we, we, we had the, you know, the, the year 2000. So there, there was, to me, it was kind of like the depression of IT uh, because of, of Y2K and all this other stuff. So it became just a, a sunk cost type of, of thing. And, and what we're really seeing now uh, going into 2017 is this collaborative value add organization where, where they're really just a very agile, adaptive organization that can add value to the business if the business is willing to do some transformative change and fund them from a value perspective. If they recognize and fund at the understanding that I'm going to fund initiatives based on the value that I perceive and the value that I want, then you're going to start to see success metrics go up and an understanding of the handshakes that are necessary versus, well, I have to budget this for IT and all the push and pulls that, that are necessary. So 2017, man, look out. We're, we're excited as to what, what IT holds for us. And, and we're really, really excited about the direction of, of a lot of these products and things that are going on. Uh, and, and speaking of that, all of this really leads to really transformational leadership and really transformational change management, which is going to be the topic of next week's show. We're going to bring Patty Vargas on. He's a longtime friend of ours uh, and somebody who's been in our circles for a while. And she's really going to talk about that transformational change management and, and what it takes uh, to, to lead an organization uh, through that transition, uh, which is a very important topic. Very, You're not going to want to miss it. She's got a lot of great tips and a lot of personal experience around that whole transformational change. So uh, join us next week when we bring Patty on. We'll, we'll continue to bring some exciting guests. And always reach out to us at Rick A. Morris. Uh, go to rsquaredconsulting.com. There's a D in that. Um, or always hit us up at rickamorris.com. As always, we enjoy you sticking around, listening to us, and we look forward to hearing you next week. Uh, having you around and uh, being a part of the work-life balance. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 